Welcome, Welcome to, to the Giorgio Says Podcast. If you love to keep up to date with all the latest pop culture news and celebrity gossip, then this is the podcast for you. Tune in for exclusive interviews, reality TV updates and recaps, and the juiciest gossip around. Now, now please welcome please your, your host, Giorgio Takanakis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Giorgio Says, where I break down everything reality TV, pop culture, celeb news, all that fun stuff. We have made it to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, episode four for season 11. So let's get into it. This one is where we are probably going to start to see things pick up. So we're still in Lake Tahoe. I did call that this was going to probably be a three-episode trip, but nonetheless, I'm hopeful that we're back in Beverly Hills next week because I'm a little bit over Tahoe. There's not really a lot going on. There's a couple things here and there, but um, yeah, so let's get into it. So we, we pick up with, I think we left off last episode where Sutton was bringing Crystal's coat into her room. And it's kind of this awkward exchange from what we could see, but we're in the next day, I I believe. And Lisa Rinna comes in to check on Sutton because it's clear from the reaction um, from the dinner the night before that something's there, there has to be more to this than her just reacting this way to these, what seems to be small things in the scheme of, like, the scheme of the game. Like, I don't, I don't think that she's reacting to the real issue. So, what perfect person to bring in to kind of seek out what's really going on that Lisa Renna. So, Lisa Renna comes in, she's kind of checking on her, and then Kyle follows suit and you know, they're just kind of addressing Sutton and and what's going on and why is she reacting the way that she is. Um, And then we get introduced to Sutton's face roller. So I've never heard or seen anything like this before. And I understand it's like, for Sutton, it's like, it helps with her anxiety and her emotions, I guess. But it's really hilarious to see her like rolling her face while she's like trying to talk because I guess it helps her from getting emotional and um, whatnot. But so we're, we're, we're seeing that there's a lot more to the whole Sutton reaction than, than what it just appears to be, which is, yeah, I'm sure some of those things triggered her, but I don't think that that's, enough to get her in that space. So I guess we're going to have to kind of see how the rest of the episode unfolds with, with that. But then we cut to um, Crystal and Garcelle uh, going off to go get a coffee. And I thought this was nice. I think that, you know, you have two women of color on the show now, and it's nice because Garcelle kind of has someone that she can relate to on a different level um, and a different experience than the rest of the women. 
So I think for them to sit down and have like, you know, a one-on-one where they can kind of get to know each other, it, it kind of helps to build the rapport um, between the two of them within the rest of the group so that they kind of have a place to go to if they need to discuss things that maybe they feel the other women in the group won't quite get. So Crystal kind of tells Garcelle her whole thing with Sutton and what what the issues are and what she finds to be odd about her. And, you know, I think it's interesting because Garcelle and Sutton have kind of blossomed their, like, relationship into this, like, sweet, funny, you know, friendship that is not something that we would typically, like, have pegged. Like, I would never have thought Sutton and Garcelle would totally hit it off and then they would end up, you know, becoming close, right? But that's where we are. So it's interesting to see Crystal kind of opening up to Garcelle about her experience with Sutton. And I think Garcelle definitely is good when it comes to giving her feedback, which, you know, she did say that like when she first met Sutton, it was just, she's quirky. She's very, she's a different human in, in a lot of ways. So I think you, you have to get to know her. So the point of the, I think the point, Garcelle was trying to make to Crystal in that moment was, listen, I know you guys didn't get off to a good start, but just give her a chance because she, once you get to know her, that awkwardness that that you're feeling kind of goes away. It's like almost like part of her, it's part of Sutton's defense a little bit is this like quirky, odd. um, But I think from Crystal's point of view it's not just the quirkiness I think it's it's there was some real things that kind of occurred like the conversation over race first and then the situation at dinner where she kind of overreacted it's kind of leading Crystal to think like oh my gosh is this how every interaction is going to be with this woman like can she just not take everything and then times it by a hundred in terms of like reaction so um, but I thought it was a good, a good, um, neutral place that kind of like left it open. Like I think Garcelle was just very honest about like, you know, you just got to get to know her and, and a lot of that will kind of fall to the wayside. You just have to be honest with her. And, and I think that was part of the thing because Garcelle's very, she doesn't have an issue having a conversation Um, about something that's seemingly bothering her. So, you know, I think she's trying to let Crystal know, like, don't, don't let those things shut you down, like confront them as, as they're happening, but just give her, just give her a chance. Um, so then they go back because then it's time for them to get ready for the boat ride, which this was nice. I mean, I, I definitely, I was definitely tired of them all just being in the house, around the house, you know, they haven't done much. So this was kind of a nice um, backdrop for them to, to be together and do something different. But once we get on the boat, we start to see that there's some little things going on. So Garcelle and Erica are having a conversation on the boat and Erica's kind of talking about how, you know, Tom's very busy and he's, you know, 
back in the swing of things and you know he's kind of like he's the guy in in the sense that he's he keeps shit running um and you know it's really interesting to hear her talk about him because she almost speaks about him in almost like a it's not I'm not getting like she's not talking about him like someone would talk about their husband or their partner working it's almost like she talks about him like out of respect like almost like she respects him more than she's like in love with him in the sense of like I don't get the vibe of like she loves loves like in loves she's not in love with her husband she respects her husband she cares immensely about him and I'm sure she does love him but I don't think it's at the same capacity as like what some of the other women and their husbands dynamics are like when they talk about their husband, it's a little bit different where she's very particular about how she addresses Tom. So that was very interesting because at this point, we're still not at the timeline of her actually filing for divorce. So then we kind of hop around and we see that Sutton is kind of distanced herself from the group. Clearly she seems like something's, off with her there's something on her mind she's bothered by something and I'm thinking it has a lot to do with this whole crystal thing because I think it's starting to get in her head that she's kind of coming across in a not so great way with one of the new people and so I think that was getting in her head and I think um she was just isolating and I think that's what she does when she's in these situations is she kind of separates herself and and then we see Erica try to like kind of check in with her, like what's going on, what talk to us, like have open dialogue, you know, but it seems like um, the conversation was not so much meant to be had with the rest of the girls. It was more about, I think, Sutton and Crystal having yet another conversation. So they go and have a conversation this time around. It doesn't seem like the conversation is going as well, only because Crystal is kind of throwing some some digs, like calling her crazy and, you know, kind of being a little condescending, but then claiming that's not what she's doing. And it's just, it almost seems like Crystal was purposefully trying to poke more at Sutton because she knew that she could get that reaction out of her. So I can't tell if this was kind of like an opportunity for the producers to say, Hey, Crystal, here's, here's an opportunity where you can kind of unfold some of this like Sutton character, you know? So like, kind of like keep doing what you're doing kind of thing. And I think she did, but I think she kind of took it a little bit too far with some of the things. Like, I don't think calling Sutton crazy was like the best way to approach the conversation specifically when, you know, there was an elephant in the room that was not even addressed because this whole conversation was just mainly about Sutton's reaction to the joke at dinner and, you know, a couple other little things. So they didn't really actually talk about the fact that Crystal was clearly bothered by the fact that Sutton walked into her, her room to give her her coat. So we, we kind of start to learn a little bit more that Sutton is got a lot on her mind in terms of her maybe reflecting on the fact that she's 
finally sold the house that she, you know, had with her ex-husband where she raised her children. And now she's kind of in limbo because she's bought a new house, but it's being renovated, but she's renting Kyle's old house. So she, I, I can, it started to click a little bit like, okay, well, she's clearly got a lot of like, there's a lot of newness coming and a lot of uncertainty about what the future will hold for her. So I think it's a lot, you know, I think she's, she's someone who seems to want to have everything figured out or at least look like she's got it figured out from the aesthetics point of view. But I think emotionally and mentally, I don't think that she's, she's prepared for what life is got in store for her going forward because it's just, it's the unknown. It's scary for her. I can, I can, I can understand how that could trigger her. Um, specifically when we're looking back at the dinner where she kind of felt left out. Cause it's like, you know, she already kind of probably feels that way. So it's, it's, you know, that's why I'm saying like, it just didn't make sense that that was the one thing that was throwing There's, there, there's definitely something else going on. And now we kind of get to know that it's all these changes that, that she's embarking on. And I think, you know, with everyone, I mean, pan, the pandemic forced people to be, in one place. And so you had no choice. You have only so many things you can do before you have no other option, but to self reflect. And I think for Sutton, she was trying to express that, but Crystal was not buying it. And I think Crystal kind of, it seems like Crystal's had enough of Sutton for the day, for the night. I mean, she wasn't giving any energy that she was open to like moving forward but they had their conversation. It seemed like they came to some neutral place and then they ended up heading back down with the rest of the ladies. Um, what's interesting to me is we, and I don't recall what part of the episode, so I might be out of timeline for it, but there was a question that was regarding women and the women in the group and if they've had a nose job. And I think, I think Erica said she had had a nose job and obviously we know Kyle's had one as I'm sure there's been other women on there that didn't speak out. But when the question was posed to Dorit, I love my Dorit, but honey, they pulled up the original like high school photo of her. And then now, and it's like, even I think, I don't think any of the women bought, the fact that she's like, I've never had a nose job. It's like amazing what makeup can do. And it's like, you're right. Makeup can do amazing things. However, your nose is clearly not the same size with or without the makeup. So it's like, it's really interesting to me that she, she won't admit to having the nose job. So there's something about that, that I'm like a little intrigued by, because I know she's been open about fillers and other things, but for some reason, this is like, off limits. So she's going to stay the course and say that she did not get one. I don't think, well, we know Kyle doesn't believe it because Kyle kind of called her out. Um, but I don't think most of the women believe that if I'm honest, I mean, like we're looking at, at her, she's clearly had some work done, but the nose is definitely something was done to the nose. Like I'm not saying it was like a full overhaul, Something was tweaked. So I just, 
those are the things that I wish some of these women would own a little bit more because I think it would kind of take the heat off of them when it comes to like the social media part of their jobs where it's like people come after them when they say like, no, I didn't get any work done. And then people pull up like 20 photos that proves that they clearly did have something done. And then they have to kind of fight that backlash. So I just wish that if you, you know, like, I get it. There are certain procedures you probably don't want everybody in your business about. Fine. But the things that are like self-explanatory, like a nose that's quite different or, you know, if you got any little nip and tuck, anything that's noticeable and has made a noticeable difference in your appearance, I think you should be transparent about it. But that's my opinion. To each their own. I just think that that was hilarious that she really went through that with a straight face and said, like, no, I never got my nose done. Like, it's just, it's, it's kind of laughable. But anyways, so the boat ride is done. We're seeing that the girls are, I guess, having dinner at the house again. And, um, all the ladies, you know, are getting ready and they, they start coming down for dinner. And we see that, um, we see that Crystal's clearly going to be a no-show um, because I guess she texted Garcelle and said that she's really going through it and she must have just been having a bad day or I don't know. Maybe she just didn't want to have to like confront anything because I think it's different when you're on a cast trip because you're like you're with each other for long periods of time. So I think because Crystal's also new to this, she probably was trying to get her like catch her breath. Cause I think I don't, I don't think she understood what she was getting herself into necessarily. So I think she probably got a little overwhelmed. And I think that's part of Crystal's personality that we're not seeing right now, but I can, I can sense that that's part of her personality. Like I think she's such a control freak in so many ways that when things start to go off in these different directions that she may not be privy to or comfortable with. I could see that triggering her, which, you know, in the long scheme of things, her and Sutton might have something in common. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about a brand that I have loved for the last four years. It's called ideal of Sweden and they are a Swedish fashion and lifestyle brand for cell phone accessories. So imagine your outfit's on point, you're ready to hit the door, but your cell phone case kind of ruins the vibe. Why not try Ideal of Sweden cell phone cases and accessories? They pride themselves in delivering the highest quality in everything that they put out. This includes sustainable thinking. Each product is quality tested multiple times before it's even delivered, and it's carefully selected in terms of what materials are used. So the durability, the comfort is there, but it's not ugly. I don't know about you guys, but there's nothing worse than an ugly cell phone case. I'd almost rather shatter my phone than carry around something that's way too like mechanical and clearly just looks like it's there to cover your phone. Ideal of Sweden focuses on constantly developing new innovative functions, which is why they have so many accessories to choose from. So if you guys want to elevate your cell phone accessory game, you need to go to idealofsweden.us 
and use the code BBGiorgioSays at checkout, and you will receive 15% off your first order. Again, you want to go to idealofsweden.us and at checkout, use my code BBGiorgioSays at checkout and get your 15% off and start elevating your cell phone game, guys. I mean, they both get triggered in very similar ways. Now, does Crystal act as dramatically? No, absolutely not. But when you strip it all away, I really think that they both have a lot more in common than they don't. Um, so we, we find out that she's not going to actually be at the dinner, but we don't know if she's there or if she's not there kind of thing. Like, is she just hanging out in her room? Did she go somewhere else for dinner tonight? Like, what's going on? But nonetheless, it seems like Sutton is a little relieved um, that she's not going to be coming to dinner because, you know, she had a pretty uncomfortable conversation with her on the boat earlier. They'd already had some issues um, that they seemingly talked through, but it just seems like there's always like something else happening between the two of them that are just keeping them from connecting um, in a positive way. So I think Sutton was a little relieved that she was going to be able to sit through dinner and not have to like worry about that coming back up maybe, or, you know, just the stress of it all. But what I did like is that at some point during the, that day, Sutton did some self-reflecting and she, she admits that she was acting, you know, a little crazy and that she was being overly dramatic and that that was not her intention, that she just has a lot going on and she apologizes to the ladies, which I think, you know, that's the way to go if you're going to be in this group of women, because if you don't try to deal with it as it's happening, it ends up unnecessarily getting dragged out for the remainder of the season. And what started off as something small and petty ends up getting turned into something bigger and, and like crazy. So I did admire that she was able to catch herself and, and at least be accountable to the ladies to let them know, like that behavior is not okay. And I shouldn't have done that. Like I should, you know, there was no need to react the way that I did. So I think they, as much as they find her quirky and dramatic and crazy at times, I think those ladies ultimately respect her more when she's being this, this Sutton, when she's just like, you know what guys, I totally like bit off more than I could chew. I'm really sorry. Um, but this makes me feel like Crystal should have been at the dinner because that would have been important for her to, to see and hear Sutton say that not just to her, but I mean, she did kind of explain it to Crystal on the boat, even though Crystal wasn't buying that that or didn't think that was still a good enough reason to react that way. Um, I still think it would have been nice to have Crystal be at that and see her saying that to the rest of the women, because I think it would give better context to see other women's engagement with her around the situations that occurred while they were in Lake Tahoe. So I do, I I was a little bit disappointed that she didn't show for the dinner or any part of the evening. Um, And then we go into Lisa bringing up a story um, 
and I don't recall how it gets brought up. I think it has something to do with uh, blind loyalty or being, you know, um, just being loyal to someone just because, not looking at anything that the person's actually doing and making a judgment call. It's more of just like, doesn't matter what you do, I'm always going to be on your side. And I think Lisa was bringing up a story that that I don't think was the right... I think it was a very drastic way of trying to compare the, the Denise and Lisa Rinna thing. So she basically talks about her husband had a friend and the friend did something when he was um, inebriated. Like, I guess he was drinking a lot and he sexually assaulted. uh, I don't remember if if it was just a random girl or just someone that everyone kind of knew or nonetheless, her point in telling the story was that Harry had to make a decision whether he was going to be um, loyal because of the fact that they were just friends, right? So like blind loyalty, or was Harry going to step back and look at what behavior his friend, you know, demonstrated in, in poor taste, poor choices and decided to ultimately kind of, separate himself from that because it's, you know, there's got to be a point of where you draw the line, right? The problem though, is that she's trying to correlate that to what she was dealing with in regards to Denise last year. And I think she still holds on to the fact that the, the, the issue she had with Denise was that Denise was lying to her and she just wanted her to be honest. And I think, again, we have like Garcelle, not buying it. Like, it's almost like this is all like part of your shtick. Now you're trying to come off like you're, you're elaborating, you've been self-reflecting. So you definitely, you, you picked something that would create this divide between you and your friend because you looked at her behavior and, and made the decision to say, I don't want to be friends with someone that's going to blatantly lie to me. So Garcelle didn't, is it to me? I think that this whole Lisa Rena Garcelle relationship is going to be. It's going to be a problem, not like a big problem, but I don't think they're going to really get back on the right footing. And if they do, I think Garcelle's always going to have a side eye when it comes to this. And I also think Garcelle's not letting this go because I think her and Denise. Our friends have been friends, and I think Garcelle is loyal to Denise, and I think there was a conversation before the season started filming where Garcelle said, don't worry, I'm going to go to bat for you. I'm going to make sure, you know, I do what I can to have your back. And I think that's exactly what she's demonstrating here by not letting Lisa Rinna off the hook. Because if she were to have let her off so easily, then it would have been for nothing. Because we all know that that's... that whole Lisa Renna, Denise Richards thing went way deeper than just the Brandy stuff. I mean, there was clearly like people were ready to pull up each other's text messages. So you, you know, there's, there's a lot more to the story behind the scenes, I think, than there were, there was in front of the camera, but I think Garcelle's trying to have Denise's back by making sure that she kind of rectifies it a little bit and kind of puts Lisa in her place. And I think Lisa understands that's what's guard that, that's what Garcelle's doing. So I think she's trying to find ways to kind of put a pin in it or like put a fork in it. We're done. Let's move on. 
you know, so she's trying to come up with different ways to try to get Garcelle to kind of empathize with her side of it. Um, because it's still not really clear, I think, to the viewer why she was so hard on her. Because, I mean, if you look at it just for being like, okay, well, Denise lied to her. Okay, well, you're right. In a normal situation, if you had a really, really good friend that was lying to your face, yeah, that would be a problem. But would that be enough of a problem to try to take them down, so to speak? I don't I don't think so. So that's why it leads me to it leads me to believe that there was definitely other things going on um in the background. Like I think a lot of it was politics. I think a lot of it was financial. I think there's a lot of things that played into this situation. But from Garcelle's standpoint, it's like it, nothing is that serious to take down someone you call your longtime friend. And I think she's looking at the situation like that could be me. And if not this season, maybe next season, it could be me. Lisa could come after me. You know, you don't know. And I think Garcelle's just guarding herself there um, when it comes to um, the whole situation. I think, you know, Lisa Rinna likes to own it and move on. That's her whole thing. But I think this time it's not going to be that simple. Um, and then dinner's over. And then we have a fun little moment where Lisa Rinna goes into the pool and Sutton joins her. And then they do this little like swim dance thing type show for the girls. Um, so that was kind of fun, lightened it up. And then out of left field, we get Crystal reemerges as it seems like she was out and came back. So I guess she wasn't in the house. I think she must've left to go do something while they were filming that scene with the dinner. Um, but what I thought was interesting was that she showed up when things kind of died down and then her and Kyle went outside and had a conversation and Crystal's point was, I couldn't be at that dinner. I was so uncomfortable um, from last night when Sutton just, like, barged into my room. And, like, I was I was naked, basically, because I had just taken a shower. And, like, I... And then goes into this whole, like, she was triggered and traumatized by it because Sutton didn't even respect that that was awkward for her, I guess. So that's why she felt like she couldn't really be around the ladies and all this stuff. And that's when it dawned on me that now she's reaching because why, if you were that triggered by that, you know, situation where Sutton walked in on you, that should have been talked about on the boat. You didn't even bring it up on the boat though. You didn't even mention it. It was still all about the, the, the dramatics of the night before and at dinner and, and the, and the, the prank and how Sutton was left out of it and how she reacted. You didn't mention her walking into the bedroom and that's what added to the issue. So she's telling Kyle this, but Kyle's kind of calling her on the bullshit and being like, okay, well that doesn't make sense because then why didn't you bring it up? Like the point of this is like, this stuff is so triggering to you. You need to, you should have, you should have brought it up. So I don't think Kyle empathized with Crystal in that moment, because I do think that in that moment, Crystal did reach a little bit. Um, I really think that she just didn't feel like dealing with the the unknown of what that dinner was going to hold for her. So she kind of like 
had cold feet and then that was Kyle's way of basically being like, nope, you're full time. So you can't do shit like that. You need to show up for your dinners. That's part of the process. Like she was kind of giving her some coaching without being so like super transparent, breaking the fourth wall. But that's generally what, what, what I took from it. it was like, no, Crystal, you have a job here. You don't just dip out. You're still new. So like you can't do stuff like that so early on. So like, if that really was the issue, then you should have utilized that as a, as a way to create a conversation with Sutton about it so that she was aware that it, it bothered you that much. So I thought that was really pivotal. And I think um, it really kind of shows a little bit more of kind of, dare I say, the, the manipulation that Crystal probably has within her to kind of move different situations around to her benefit you know, to try to get out of things or, you know, hold things over people's heads. So, um, and so going forward, it looks like Crystal and Sutton have yet again, another conversation in Tahoe where Crystal explains to Sutton that her walking in on her was very triggering and it did not make her feel, um, okay. And I think a lot of her, trauma around that was oh no if the cameras came in here and saw me like like how would I look so I think there was a lot of different things going on there for Crystal would I have felt the same way probably because you don't know if Sutton's just doing that to try to get the because the camera's going to follow somebody that's mic'd so even though like Crystal may not have been mic'd and in her room if Sutton walks in there the camera man is going to follow her in there. But I think they ended up having a conversation about it. I think it seemed like Sutton didn't realize that that's how it came off. And I do believe that Sutton didn't realize it because she even said that she tried to like tone down the awkwardness by like kind of deflecting from what was going on. So I think they were both, approaching things again, very differently. So I'm hopeful that, and I know that we still have some like other things coming up, but it, I'm hoping we can put a lot of this to rest soon because I think now it's been three conversations in Lake Tahoe between Crystal and Sutton over Sutton's behavior. So I'm hopeful that once we get back to Beverly Hills, things kind of separate a little bit and we can come um, with some, you know, some different dynamics, if you will. Um, and then the moment we've all were waiting for is we see all the ladies back in Beverly Hills in their respective homes. And they all seem to get a text message from Erica Girardi. And it's basically letting them know that she views them as close friends. And she wanted to, you know, let them know that she had filed for divorce from Tom and that she was going to be needing their support because this is going to be a tough road. And that's kind of how we kind of leave the episode. Um, and again, it, it's, it's confusing, I think, because I honestly, I think the text message was done after the fact. I don't really think that Erica sent them a text message. I think they all found out the way we found out. I think they opened up their phones, they got Google alerts, and they were given headlines. And then I think Erica probably came on the back end of that and then probably sent something similar. 
but I don't think she was the first person to let them know. I think they found out when we found out. But this is just the divorce filing because, again, it's another month or two. It's about two months in from the filing of the divorce papers that Erica, like, came out with before the, like, lawsuits start trickling in with all the, like, the craziness. Um, so it's, it, they're still coming at it from, like, why does this, why does she always feel like she can't tell us stuff? Like, because even Lisa, who's close to Erica, I think she's got to know more than what we're, we're getting. Like, I think that Lisa knew that it was coming because she also was like, you know, this is Erica. She had to do it this way. You know, like, this is the way she almost just kind of like excusing the fact that, you know, she didn't come forth with it, like come forward with this information to the ladies. And she did it through a text message and it probably was after headlines had come out and, and whatnot. So I think they're a little thrown off by it already because she's not really been transparent about a lot of stuff. So I think now it'll be interesting to see, okay, well now that she's filed for divorce, how is it going to play? How is it going to play out from here? Because I feel like, and this is just my like prediction is I think that we're going to see Erica get put on the stand by the ladies because they're going to have a lot of questions because they don't know a lot about her personally. I think they are going to have to try to figure this out like the rest of us are. Like I don't think that they understood what was going on as it was happening. Um, so they're kind of in the same boat. I think that it'll be interesting to see like they didn't show a preview for next week. So it leads me to think that because of that and everything else that's going on with Erica and Tom, um, that, you know, you, you have a, a bunch of stuff and who knows, they're probably going back to the editing board a little bit to try to like finesse the, um, the storyline a little bit. So that's probably why they didn't show a preview. So we'll see what happens though, guys. I mean, it's really interesting. I think a lot of people are tuning in, this season because they think they really do want to kind of see where this, where this Erica situation goes. Um, what's real, what's not like, what is her side of the story? Is it going to make sense? Um, but we won't know until we kind of see things unfold. And it could be that depending on how the, the, the case is going outside the show, they may go back in and have to like refinagle some, some of the stuff. I mean, I'm sure they have a ton of footage, but they probably have to go through it depending on what's happening in the current moment to see how they're going to, how they're going to edit things and, and maneuver with storylines. Because again, we don't really know how they're going to let this kind of play into the rest of the season. Also, did we get all these, like, are we getting all these little small tidbits of, like interactions with the other ladies because that's going to come to an end because this Erica thing is going to take over. Like, I hope not. Like, I hope that yes, it's the heaviest storyline of all the women. So sure. Let's dive into it. But I don't want that to be the only thing that we dive into for the remainder of the season. 
I have a feeling that starting next week, we're going to be picking up the pace here. And I think we're going to be moving a lot quicker. Um, there's still a lot of stuff that we, we haven't touched on. I mean, I know that they each, all of the ladies pretty much have their own storylines going on, which I think is nice. So I'm just hoping that it doesn't get overshadowed by the Erica stuff. Although I understand why it would, because it's, it's, it's big. Um, so that's where we are um, for season 11 so far. We've uh, closed on episode four. Um, there's also a Hulu documentary um, on Erica Girardi and Tom Girardi. I think it's called The Housewife and the Hustler. It is a, um, I don't want to say it's a documentary. I think it's more of like a an ABC special type uh, breakdown of what is actually going on within the case and how it happened. And I know there's a couple ex housewives that are doing some stuff on there. Like I know Dana Wilkie, who was pivotal in breaking some of this information, like the details and stuff. Like she's done amazing things because she's got that connection to the housewives world. So she's using that um, on her podcast to kind of break the tea, if you will. So um, I know she's on it. I know Heather McDonald's on it, although she wasn't a housewife, um, but she's a friend of the housewives. And I believe I heard Danielle Staub. I'm not sure why she's on there, but I'm looking forward to watching that. And I will be uh, breaking that down for you guys as well. But um, until next week, when we get to episode five, uh, I will talk to you guys next week then. Thanks for listening, guys and gals. This was Giorgio Says. Like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And for all the latest updates, go follow Giorgio Says on Instagram. See you next time. Time, 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 time.